Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the SportKite podcast. I am your host, Nick O'Neill, founder of SportKite.org, and I wanted to thank you for tuning in and listening. This podcast is in no small part thanks to all of the amazing folks that have gone to buymeacoffee.com slash SportKite and donated a super, super, super big thank you to you. It's because of all of you that have done so that we've been able to keep this podcast going for just over a year now publishing episodes pretty much every week with a handful of breaks between seasons and yeah so a big thank you and a big shout out to all of you all right so it is march here in the united states that traditionally is women's history month so i figured i should do a handful of episodes kind of centered around the female flyers out there the female sport kite flyers and uh, i want to kick this off with the first part of a group chat that i had with some of the other women sport kite flyers out there where we kind of discuss not only our entry into the sport kite world but also what we think may be some of the barriers that are preventing more women from coming onto the sport kite field because well just one look at the history of sport kite flying all the competition records and what we're seeing out there right now it's not quite a 50 50 representation there is not as many women as we would hope to see out there flying. Uh, big kudos to all of them that are and are out there representing. But yeah, I just figured this would be a good time to kind of have a chat about that. And uh, yeah, so let's get into this this episode and kind of have a chat with the ladies about it. And again, we'll continue more of these for the month of March. I do hope you enjoy these next few podcasts. I feel that they're rather enlightening and yeah all right let's get to it all right awesome uh so as more people join we'll kind of get into topics we'll kind of get into introductions and everything else uh but just kind of the premise of this whole thing i think i was actually talking with cassie about it that we should really have like a chat that is specific to women in kiting um as far as myself i I do, uh, I coach roller derby, so I spend a lot of time in uh, in an empowerment space, like empowering women and dealing with, I, I work in an industrial atmosphere, so I deal with a lot of sexism and other stuff. And one of the things that I've always really, really appreciated is that that doesn't necessarily exist in kites, in the sense that the kite field is open to everybody there's nothing that kind of creates barriers and restrictions. Um, that's not to say they aren't there per se, or that we haven't felt them, but uh, they're just not inherent in the system like they are like working in a refinery where it's mostly dudes. Um, so yeah, I, I thought this would be a good time for us to just kind of chat about our experiences being female kite flyers, um, specifically sport kite flyers, because there's very, very few of us. And, oh, yay, we've got more people from overseas. I love this. Um, just a, a quick note, since you just joined, I, I hit the recording button, and uh, the audio will be recorded for the sport kite podcast. And we'll also have a video available of this later for everyone to kind of watch if they want to. Yay! I, 
let everyone send messages. Cool. All right. So um, as we kind of go forward with the chats, uh, when you're when you're responding or um, if you have a question or something, if you can kind of lead with your name and say what your name is, that way, you know, the audio makes sense later on. Um, it'll kind of, it'll feel a little bit awkward the first handful of times that we do it, but then it becomes very, very natural. Um, and also, if you can try to respond by saying like, oh, you know, Sue, that was a really great story you were telling. I have blah, blah, blah. So respond with people's names. It kind of helps the conversation. So with that being said, um, we'll go ahead and get started. And as people join, I'll kind of go over with them. All right. Uh, would y'all like to introduce yourselves? All right, I'll go first, because I have a big mouth and a big voice. <laughs> go for it, Rachel. That's why I'm we Ra have you. Yeah, it's got to be me. I'm Rachel Nicola. I'm from Whidbey Island, Washington. I have been flying quadline kites since 2015, and I am a member of Quad Squad Northwest. That is a team of 12 flyers out of the Pacific Northwest, Oregon, Washington and we have a member that's from Colorado and it's a it's a mixed group. We have um, four women out of the 12 in our group and and um, my husband and I joined that team about a year and a half ago and it's it's really been a growth opportunity for us. Next. <laughs> okay, I'm going to jump in because I'm also out. And, <laughs> um, my name is Cassie Shook. I'm out on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Um, I've been in kites for, gosh, 20 years. In just a couple of months, I got a job at a kite shop 20 years ago this coming summer. And it's been basically... Like, I don't even know what happened. Um, I don't know, you guys, I can't even tell you how many times I've left a kite job and then said, I'm never going to work in kites again. Well, um, I'm now, my family business is Flying Smiles Kites, and I plan on working in kites for the rest of my life. So here we are. Um, I've been flying dual line and quad line kites for all of those 20 years. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to see more and more women involved because it seems like slowly but surely there's more and more of us. And that's awesome. Me, me, me. Hi, Michelle. Um, I currently live in Long Beach, Washington, and I'm also a member of Quad Squad Northwest with Rachel. As she said, four of us ladies on the team, so one third female representing. Um, three of us are, are quite decent callers, so that's also a plus. I've been on the team since about, I think, 2019, late 2018. I, I don't recall. I've been flying quads since 2015, and I've always loved kites, so nothing new there. I'm really happy to be a part of this group and see more women, and we just got to get more. There's not enough of us for sure. That's the truth. Imagine mm -hmm. an all-women's sport kite team. Oh, yes. That'd be, that'd be awesome. We're almost there. Yep. <laughs> All right, next up. 
Um, I'll go next. Um, Donna Houchins from Washington, Missouri. So pretty much dead center of the country. Um, with the Gateway Kite Club, the club itself is more single line focused and almost a 50-50 split of women and men. So pretty close to 50-50 split. Um, we have a decent number of dual line flyers. I fly both dual and quad. We have fewer quad flyers here. And we've started doing more indoor. We just had uh, Jim rented last night to do some indoor sport kite flying. Awesome. All right. I'll go next. Can you hear me okay? Yep, we got you. Okay. okay. Uh, I've never used this thing before. So uh, I'm also kind of new to the whole kiting scene. Um, I started flying quad lines in about 2017. Um, I just joined a team last year. I fly with Team No Knots, Revolution Kite Team. Um, so we started flying last year. Oh, uh, and I'm from Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I was just about to ask where where you're from. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up. I'll go. Yay! Uh, <laughs> Sue Story from uh, England. Um, I've been flying two-line kites since probably the early 90s. And uh, we actually bought some kites. I made some for myself and my husband. And um, I'd seen them at a kite festival, and I measured them and made them. And they, we flew with them for, for a lot of years. And then in um, 97, I think it was, we actually bought a pair. They were £25 each which was really cheap when proper kites were like a hundred. Um, but they flew well and we still got them. And uh, at the moment I'm flying these, uh, they're made in England, Aerodynamics, um, Peter Taylor makes them and Val sews them. And with um, a set of three, the lightweight ones, ultra lightweight. And um, the, these are the standard. And then we've got vented ones with rip-off patches uh, so that they come sort of semi-vented and then fully vented. And we were flying them yesterday and the day before. But uh, it didn't seem all that strong a wind, but uh, it did. And um, uh, we're a pairs team, uh, my friend Ken and myself. Um, and uh, we've been in one competition. And it was a competition from the south of England and the north of England. We could only join in the north of England one, but we got 38%. So I thought that was pretty good for a first try. And we didn't have a proper routine then. We had a routine, but not to music. We played the music, we flew the routine, um, which didn't quite match. But one of the chaps said um, that Fusion probably did that when they started. Anyway, now we've got two, um, kite ballets that we've flown at uh, three kite festivals and we're working on a third and we just flew that yesterday end to end um, with the music playing and it about fitted so uh, watch this space <laughs> very <Thank> nice so <laughs> uh it looks like i think two others um Tunisia kite team. It doesn't have your name, so I'm I'm going to just have you introduce yourself. But I think you're on mute, so there we go. Okay. 
Welcome uh, all people. I am uh, Madame Abela Mira from Tunisia. I am uh, in the way to my home uh, after uh, my uh, job. Sorry, there is uh, some noise. Uh, I am uh, the coordinator of One Tunisia Kaitib and uh, uh, the assistant in the youth house and the club of Kaid. Uh, I attended uh, the Gujarat Kaid uh, Festival. Uh, I organized the first Kaid uh, uh, Festival and international Kaid Festival in Tunisia in 2019. Hope uh, this year uh, we organized the second edition. You are all welcome to Tunisia. I am happy to share with you this uh, this forum, uh, the such uh, uh, ideas and such experience uh, with you all. That's all. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. All right. One left. Uh, is that you, Tanya? I think I saw you. Hi, everybody. Yeah, this is Tanya Layton. How are y'all doing? Hey. Um, anybody who knows me knows me. And if you don't know me, I'm Tanya. I'm from Fort Walton Beach, Florida, which is on the Gulf Coast of Florida, pretty much as close to Alabama as you can get without actually being in Alabama. And uh, I fly all over the southeast with a variety of people. I have flown as far that way as uh, Louisiana, at KaiFest Louisiana, I have done some of the indoor uh, presentation demonstrations. I have done the speaking at and announcing of indoor kiting. I have flown on the big pro kite field with the big pro teams flying uh, show kites. We have done quads. My son at one time was on a beginning kite team and flew on a quad team. He was 10 at the time. He's now 17. So we've been doing this for a minute with the family. And um, my husband used to be Region 8, I'm sorry, Region 4 Director of AKA and went all over the place. He got invited to Knoxville, Tennessee to fly his duels. He likes to fly duelies. And um, we all, all three of us like to fly quads and we'll jump on a line wherever they let us play basically but we don't actually have an active team at this moment. We've all been on a starting team and not quite gotten there because of just timing schedules and pesky day jobs and such. But we have actually flown down in Tampa quite a bit with the teams there and um, gone to kite festivals in the Tampa area, all over Florida, all over Louisiana, Alabama, the Gulf Coast, any place they have an event, we'll try to get there. And uh, we've been flying as a family and very active for many years now. And big supporters of the sporting kite activities. And Cassie's my buddy. Hey, Cassie. Anyway, hi, y'all. Well, it's funny, actually, I wanted to quickly jump in and say, like, something I love about this is zooming and kiting. Tanya's an example. I met Tanya at a kite festival. And uh, she's become one of my best friends in the entire universe. And I'm so grateful that this is a lady from kiting that we happen to have this hobby in common, but then our lives have completely intertwined. So, yay. 
and she'll tell you that I went all fangirl over her dad because her dad's somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a lie. She was like, "Oh my God, your dad is." I'm like, "Dude, it's my dad." <laughs> it's almost like we're back in high school. Oh yay! <laughs> you got a crush on my dad. <laughs> all right. Uh, so for those of you that somehow don't know me, um, and perhaps just for the podcast <laughs> recording, uh, I'm Nick O'Neill. I also live on Whidbey Island, Washington, uh, which is hilarious because it's not the best wind up here for for kite flying. But I do live up here uh, with some amazing uh, kite folks. Former president of the AKA for a few years. Uh, I've been helping out a lot in kind of the kite community. And after leaving the AKA, I started uh, Fortuna Found and sportkite.org. Um, I'm really passionate about growing the sport and fostering a space for more people to get into it, uh, which kind of sometimes takes up a lot of my time when it comes to actually flying kites. So I'm not a proficient sport kite flyer uh, because I spend a lot of time uh, filming, videoing, doing all that and getting that up. Uh, so I, I am working on becoming a better sport kite flyer. Uh, and I happen to have one of uh, the top flyers in the world. Of course, I'm totally biased. Uh, the top flyers uh, is my partner and I live with him. So sport kites are a common topic in our household. We talk a lot about kites. Um, so yeah, uh, I really, I, I love seeing all the kite flyers out there. I love hanging out with, with all of you. And I think I've actually met most of you in person or at least digitally. We've had chats uh, quite a bit over the past few years. So uh, with that being said, I kind of want to just start off with the biggest elephant in the room, and that is why you all might think that there aren't more women flying sport kites, or why it isn't more of an equal 50-50 on the field of men and women flying. Oh boy, Cassie is so excited to answer well, this I mean, okay, so I've been in this business for 20 years, right? And honestly, like you, Nick, I feel like some of us have different roles. And over the years, I've taught a lot of dual line lessons. Um, I traveled a lot teaching. As a result, I'm not the best flyer on the line. But I think that what I find is over and over and over and over and over again, as a woman, when I start talking about kites uh, with a with a man, I constantly I can tell that they need me to prove that I'm allowed to have this conversation with them. And at the end of the day, um, oftentimes it's at my shop, it's at my business, and they want to question whether or not I know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, I really truly believe that there's a lot of guys out there, and this is a blanket statement. There are so many guys out there that when they see a woman who's involved in whatever it is that they want to be involved in, they automatically question whether or not we're allowed to be at the table. So then as a result, I've watched a lot of women walk away from the table because they're like, forget this. You guys can have your boys club. And oh, and by the way, sorry, I was supposed to introduce myself. I'm Cassie. I'm from the Outer Banks of North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> 
we got both uh, Tanya and Rachel. Uh, Rochambeau, who wants to go first? <laughs> uh, Rachel, you're on mute. All right, can you hear me now? Yep, gotcha. You know, um, I'm so sorry, Cassie, that you had that have had that experience um, over all the years that you've been flying kites. Um, in my case, um, I started out with a, just a local group of flyers, and um, I was just taking baby steps. And uh, you know, at the time, we all took turns calling because that makes you a better flyer even when you're taking baby steps. Um, and it, I did notice one of our members of that core group, he's no longer with us. Um, he did not like to take direction from a woman. I mean, it really bothered him. Um, so that was the one, the one person I can actually point to that was just like, I don't want to listen to you, you know, whatever. However, on the flip side, um, when we were taking our baby steps, forming a new team, you know, we had asked one of the best flyers in the world to come and, and teach us. And by the end of that very first weekend, I was pulled out of four people to, to learn how to call. And, and he recognized that in me and it blew me away. I'm like, me, me, the rest of our, our guys on my team. And, um, so I feel bad, Cassie, that you've run into that all the time. I've only encountered that once when I first started flying. But um, yeah, this individual saw something in me and said, "Nope, you're gonna be you're gonna be calling." And that's how that's that's how I actually learned how to call. So I've been very very fortunate, and um, I really haven't too, had too much pushback. Um, I guess I'm again fortunate. And I'm going to just jump in quickly before Tanya jumps in. Rachel, to that I say, I think part of it's also been my age. And also part of that has been my actual position within kiting. I've been in a, a professional role. So these guys are kind of like, whoa, how do you know what you're talking about? You're, you know, I'm up pushing 40 now. So I got into it when I was pushing 20. And so they're like, oh, how do you know what you're talking about? So there is a certain degree of with age comes wisdom. And I think... Mm -hmm you've received the respect due to somebody who obviously has the age and the wisdom professionally. I'm just saying that you're like five years older than me and that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Tanya. Oh, you're on mute. Hold on. Sorry. There you go. I'm going to echo quite a bit of what Cassie said. I started in the south in the deep south in what we like to call the good old boys world and it's kind of like their big trucks they use their big kites like they use their big trucks around here to show status and show manhood and etc we won't go there but um in the world that i came from in the group that i started with you had to be one of those boys in order to fly and if you weren't one of those boys you were put off to the side on the kids field and you know, go play over there with the little kids and go build kites with the ladies. You know, that's who you are. And I wasn't having it. And then I put my foot down and said, no, hell no. I'm getting on this line with you. And if you can't handle it, then you're going to have to find me a new place to fly. And so I immediately established dominance in my group and said, I'm not doing this. You're going to teach me. And if you're not willing to teach me, I'll go off and find someone who will. And jumped into the first clinic I could find. 
and it was with one of the world-class flyers who was sponsored to come down. And I stood in the clinic and stayed there with all the boys and flew the whole day, the whole weekend with all the boys and expressed that I wasn't going to have it. And so a little bit after that, my son started flying too, and he was 10. He got better lessons than I ever got in that clinic. I just have to tell you. And so it's just one of those things. You have to stand your ground and agree that you're going to be there and fight for your right to be there, especially on some of the larger fields at some of the larger events. I know men who can walk up to a line of professional flyers, walk in there, elbow their way in and say, hey, it's me, and jump in and fly. If I did it, I'd get pushed out of the line. And I just need to be sure to say, hey, that's not okay. I've been flying for over 10 years. I fly better than those three guys that you're going to knock out of the sky in a minute if you're not careful. You better give Paul an extra half step to your left if you don't want to get knocked out. Because I've seen him fly for 10 years, you know? Not naming any particular Paul, by the way. But, you know, it's just... uh, your experience dictates your ability. And for me, I have very limited time to deal with flying, full-time jobs and all that stuff. And so when I go to an event and I fly on fields where there are those activities happening, I immediately say like, that's not okay. And, you know, blame me for it or call me the bad guy for it, but I'm not having it, it's not fair. The other thing I'll do is I'll go with another group of women and start flying a group of women like for example cassie's mom i want to say and me and ruth lawson once we're just flying on our own little group team fly on tampa bay because the boys were having their fun and we just decided to go fly on our field and have our own fun and then suddenly there are a couple of world-class flyers jumping on our line it's like there's fletch and there's uh there's scotty weeder coming over to play with us so yeah it's it's just really about your tenacity i think at this point for women to stick up for yourself and not say, I'm going to let it be a good old boys club. So that's what I have to add. But it's always a challenge on some fields to get a place in the line. Uh, Donna, just real quick, since we've had uh, two people jump in, I just wanted to kind of make a short, quick announcement that uh, for those of you that are just joining, we are recording this so that we can have it as a episode on Sport Kite podcast and video will be posted to YouTube so you can go back and watch the whole chat. Um, And if you go to answer, if you can just uh, say your name or respond to someone else and acknowledge their name. That way we can kind of keep uh, names and, and people going. All right. Sorry, Donna, your turn. Yeah, this is Donna. And I was also going to mimic what Cassie and the others have said. And it's it's um, pretty much the same sort of atmosphere I see in my job. I'm in science and I feel like I have to prove myself to all of the men. It's exactly the same atmosphere. But the other thing I really wanted to, to comment here is that when I'm teaching Learn to Fly, at an event. I get tons of girls and women coming up to me and a lot of them will say, Hey, we don't see women teaching us to fly. And if we have, like, if I have myself and maybe one of the guys in the club at the opposite end of the field, it's really interesting seeing the split that we get and I'm getting all the women and girls and they're getting the boys and men. Well, so on that note, the learn to fly, having taught a lot of learn to fly with uh, you know, these guys, you know, I think of how many times have I taught lessons with like me and Jim Kosko would be at an event teaching lessons. And Donna, I think you're totally right. As far as the breakdown, I would often find the kids 
would come to me over and over and over again. They would come, oh, Cassie, Cassie, and they want to, you know, report to me on what they'd been learning and this and that. But um, yeah, there is an interesting split in just gender of the teacher and which students are even willing to approach you. That's an interesting comment. Yeah, definitely agree, especially with the little kids. Like, I'll get more of the little kids than one of the guys will that are wanting yeah. to learn how to fly. And I'll say, Donna, like, it's cute. And actually, you'll probably appreciate over the years, like, I've had kids that come back to me. I go to the same event a year later, and a kid tracks me down to tell mm -hmm. me what they learned that past year. And I only have to wonder, um, do the guys have that experience, too? Because I think yeah. in that regards, we might actually be the lucky ones. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's that. Yeah. I've seen kids come back as well at the same event where you, you'll teach learn to fly year after year and the, the kid will come back. Oh, and the kids will always end up being better than us because like when I teach dual line <laughs> lessons, I joke with them. I'm the perfect teacher. I'm exactly two steps better than you. Yeah. You know, oh, you want to learn an axle? Cool. You need to go watch some videos because I don't know how to do an axle. So um, <laughs> it's really great <laughs> to see the kids surpass us very quickly. <laughs> right. And I'm going to have to jump off because I've got something else to get to. So I'm just going to say bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Donna. Enjoy your your paint and sip, yep. your beer and paint. Beer, beer for lunch and paint. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do think uh, that it helps. We do teach as a family on the beginner kite field. It helps having my son there with children, and boys, girls included, all like to jump on and learn from a kid. And um, I like to grab. I call them the kite widows, the women who are on the sidelines who really want to play but don't quite know how say come here come here I've got a quad come here let me show you and I will jump on that line with a woman all day long I've actually taught a lot of men too how to beginner kite fly and they're getting pretty good now I hear <laughs> so it, it is a beginning kite skill we all have I think Sue I I see you are just gotta make sure you turn off yeah. mute. there you go uh, Sue from uh, England um there don't seem to be many women in um, kite flying with the competitions I've been to. Um, there are two couples down south that fly, um, and um, one in the Midlands, and myself and Ken, and we're all half of, uh, of, of couples. And um, uh, but there, there are a lot of men, uh, but I don't know why there aren't uh, more women. Um, but interestingly enough, um, I call for uh, Skytracks and uh, V calls for uh, air, um, airheads. The people that um, made this kite uh, are associated with that, are part of the team. And, but in the, in the other ones, I think the men call in uh, um, Flying Fish and another one. And they, they fly four together as uh, I've got Anyway, I, I don't know why there aren't many, so many in sport kites. There's quite a few quad line flyers, which I don't associate very much. But there's uh, two people that fly regularly together. I'm in the Northern Kite Group uh, in England. Uh, but there's in the Northern Kite Group, a lot of families come and the, um, and all you know the couples that have kites together, single line and line laundry and things like that. Uh, but not so many sport kites. And uh, I've always been respected in um, whatever kiting. Um, I also do kite aerial photography. And um, when I've been with them, I'm treated as uh, an equal. Uh, and um, 
I was going to say. Oh, in, in the summer, um, we were at Bridlington Kite Festival, and there were two young men from Northumberland, further north, and we we're all flying together, another pair. And I said, how about doing a mini mega team? So there were four of us, and they all sort of looked at me and, like, we're not calling. So I called for them, and the organisers were very impressed with it. So we're, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I got all sorts of hands raised. I, I can't remember who. Let me open my queue. Uh, I got Rachel and then Cassie. Well, I echo Sue. Um, I, you know, maybe it, it is my age. Um, I started flying. Again, for those of you who joined, uh, Rachel Nicola from Whidbey Island, Washington. Um, you know, I'm 59 years old, and I started flying kite back in 2015. You know, I had already had um, a great career in the military, retired um, retired Navy gal, starting my second career in 2005. And I don't know, maybe I just had big shoulders at the time, but um, other than that one incident with one person that was flying on our team when I was just baby steps, he, he just didn't like women calling, period. Well, he's no longer with us, but it's been my, my experience like Sue, um, you know what? I stand up and they're like, are you calling Rach? I'm like, I guess I am. We're also very fortunate on our Quad Squad Northwest team. We have three of us, three females who are, who are good callers that can stand up with the boys anytime. And so it makes, um, at least it makes me very, very proud of our team because we're strong. I mean, we got three women out of 12 members that can call 12 people at a time and then we only have one other member male member that calls so yeah we're 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 strong and i think i don't know if it's just because i have big shoulders or i've been through a lot in my life like you said cassie um but i don't put up with that you know i'm out there to fly and have fun and i don't care who i fly with and i'm out there to try to inspire other people my husband luckily i fly with him um he started before i did but you know he's like the number one person that teaches people i mean he's just like you know people are looking back and he's like you want to get your hands on these lines and so he like really there the people love and and are attracted to his way of teaching people to go up and down sideways from all age groups from children to elderly men women it doesn't matter but I think, um, fortunately, again, from our team perspective and my experience so far, my limited experience, I have not found a lot of derogatory remarks. I think because our skills up there, you know, and we can stand on our own. That's all. <laughs> uh, Cassie. Okay, so I want to open maybe a can of worms that we may or may not want to visit. And um, it kind of actually is in response to something Rachel said, something Tanya said, something Sue said. I want to, I would be interested to see the ratio of women involved in kiting as response result of their husband getting into kiting. Um, and then how many kite widows are we pulling in? Um, as a single female in kiting, I know that I see a different perspective than the married women. Um, I was at an event not too long ago that I was joking with one of my friends that I felt like a piece of fresh meat. Um, there were men of 
all ages that knew that the, I'm a single woman, I'm in kiting, and literally they were treating me like I was on display. And, you know, I'm wearing jeans and a kite shop t-shirt and they're being skeezy and it's like, man, alive. So it just opening a can of worms here, but single women in kiting versus married women in kiting, I feel like uh, experience a very different set of experiences. Oh, 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 Cassie. Oh, I am, I am raising all my hands um, because, yeah, uh, I, I very much uh, experienced the same. I, I came into kiting. Um, I was married at the time, but my husband was not involved at all. And then I was separated. So I was a solo individual uh, kiter. Um, and I had a, I kind of had this weird dichotomy because I spent some time in this kite world and I was spending a lot of time in the kiteboarding power kite side of the world, uh, which is completely different. Um, and yes, indeed, I would come over to this kite world and it was interesting because a lot of people were very excited. I first felt like a very, a lot of people were excited to have me there because, oh my gosh, a younger woman is here. And then there were times it felt a little predatory and a little awkward. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. You just like having me around because I'm a solo woman and now I have a whole bunch of 60 year old men because let's be honest, that was most of the kite field at the time, right? A bunch of 60-year-old men are trying to, like, get very close with me and be friends with me. And it was just, it didn't feel right. Um, I, I'm fortunate enough that I, I met someone on the kite field and we, we share the, the same kind of flying and stuff like that. So that's that's a different aspect of it. But definitely, I see a lot of kite widows that get kind of suckered in and dragged in. And I do not see a lot of solo women coming to the sport. Uh, it, it feels like most of them are brought in by their boyfriends or, or husbands. And completely biased perspective, right? Because of, of where I came from. But... Uh, sorry, someone was in the queue for next up. Uh, Tanya? So I originally came to kiting as a wife and a mom who had a husband and child who wanted to play along. But involving myself in flying has put me in that same position. I hate to say it, but I was 45 and kind of cute too and got hit on just as much as any of you probably did on the kite field by other men. And it was a little uncomfortable for me, even though I'd say, hey, look, married woman, that guy's mine, back off, but still got hit on all the time and still do, actually. So it's just a thing, I guess, in the lonely man kite world. Not that that's a bad thing. It's okay to be friendly, but it's not okay to be creepy. And so you kind of have to draw your lines and say what you're going to put up with and what you're not on this field in this day, in this moment, and then just move forward and just agree to disagree and move on and fly. Just put it all about the flying and leave the rest of it behind. You have to stand your ground. Um, Tanya, I'm going to jump in. You guys, you'll think this is hilarious. My mom is like, like right there. 
she's sitting listening and I she's as tanya's talking she's just like it's societal it's societal i'm like i know mom i've got my hands raised i'm gonna say that um i think that this is a societal conversation too not just a kite world conversation but like an overarching theme in life so anyway uh carolina and it looks like it's more than just one it looks like you had three people there. Uh, if you guys could introduce yourselves, because I know you hopped on while we were mid-conversation. Uh, good morning. Hi. We are Valkyries from Colombia. Hi, team. We have the... Here is Marcela. Hello. Here is Esperanza. Hola. And me, Carolina. We fly like uh, four years ago. We began the team flying here in Colombia. Also here... Although there's a lot of women flying, not a lot, like six, seven people flying uh, two-line kites here in Bogota. There are the other women in Medellin, but most of them are flying with their husbands. I can say I'm the only one that flies alone. I have my boyfriend and all, but I come to the, the, this field all the weekends to fly alone. And it's a part of my life that my partner respects and gives me the time to come here alone and have my time and have fun. <laughs> in this, at this moment, we are in the kite field because today is uh, uh, we are practicing. We practice all the weekends, and if I can show you, there are other kites flying at this moment. This is at the mock team. They're flying. So we, we spare some time to talk with you guys and go, girls <laughs> to, to, to just to, to show you that there's teams that are working, only girls. Love it. Absolutely love it. That is awesome. Yeah, Marcela and Esperanza. Marcela began in the kite uh, field with Jaime, who is his boyfriend, and Esperanza comes with her uh, husband. That's it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Nikoshi, I saw you had your hand raised. Yeah. Uh... So I'm really sorry to hear about everybody's experiences. I I haven't experienced really much of that. Um, so I just kind of wanted to put that out there. Maybe it's because I'm new. Maybe it's the area, um, being from the Midwest and stuff. But everybody's been really encouraging and just all around great. Uh, I got to fly with uh, Rachel down in at Whiskiff, and she was my my lead caller there, and she was awesome. Um, I think I'm pr pretty sure I've met some of the other people here too. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to put that out there that from a new person experience, there's not been a lot of that. It's it's refreshing to hear. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it is, uh, definitely. Uh, Michelle, I saw you raised your hand. Yeah, I just, to second what Nikoshi says, for me, I everything I have where I am today, I have 
to give thanks to several men that I've met out on the field that have encouraged me to, one, push me to the front of the line to start calling and to join this team. And it's just been nonstop. There's not a lot of women that I've had the opportunity to fly with until I met up with Rachel a few years into flying. So for me, I, I, I'm sorry that we as women have to experience this. And I think sometimes for me, it was my own fear in the beginning, the intimidation of it. I had the skills and the people that I was able to fly with recognized that and were very welcoming. And I give thanks to them for it. So just want to add that there is some positive. It's not all negative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do want to kind of uh, step in just for a second and, and add, I, I know I told all uh, you that were signed on early, I spend a lot of time in a women's empowerment space where I have to deal a lot with like very blatant sexism and encouraging women to come out of their shells and, and to own their space. Um, we don't have a lot of the same complications on the kite field. So I don't want to, you know, necessarily browbeat all the guys on the kite field. I feel that it is a lot more of a welcoming space. And perhaps one of the bigger issues we've had to deal with is, we'll call it societal or cultural training, right? Is that that most of us have not been trained to be so forward and to just step out and put ourselves out there. That's just not our approach. Um, you know, that's that's very much... Uh, a societal approach for for training younger men and and up like that and it's been changing but uh it's something to be cognizant of that to encourage more women to come into the space we kind of have to talk in the language that they've been taught in and we've been taught in most of us are going to stand back and watch and process uh that's our approach instead of jumping in and just like let me flail about and figure it out right um so yeah that's that's a, a random little thing i just kind of wanted to interject for when the guys are listening to this later on we're not browbeating and saying all guys are evil some of this is just understanding our our societal all right i hope you enjoyed this episode of the sport kite podcast we're gonna have a handful more episodes where we continue on this conversation with this amazing group of women. So do stay tuned for the rest of this month. We will be kind of focused on the women of the sport kite community. Uh, if you have any comments, suggestions, thoughts, we'd love to hear them. And uh, you can reach us either on our Facebook page or you can send us a note at info at sportkite.org. All right, so I hear the wind is blowing and I think it's time for me to go out and represent myself and uh, get out there and fly kites. So till next time. Bye.